everybody, and welcome to episode two of Hustling Sideways, the podcast where we talk about pursuing your passions. I'm Alan Hallis. I'm a writer for Breaking and Entering, as well as the Shepherd Express in Milwaukee. And I am Jim Love, and I am a lead sales support professional for Manpower Group, as well as a keynote speaker for Authentically You. And look at us. We sound like we're doing this this whole podcast thing. We've gone to become professionals immediately. That like felt right. That yeah. was like a very like, I, I kind of got into like networking mode of like, hi, I'm Jim. I do that. You know, yeah, that was that was a moment. And I think we just both <laughs> acknowledged that that was a moment. That's great. There we go. There we Feel go. Feel good about that. Well, today we have a very special guest. Um, <laughs> we do? I was not, pla- his I was name not is, planning on this. His name is Alan Hallis. Okay. That's okay. his name. I, I actually threw Alan off by saying that. I could tell in his face. I was I like, I don't remember calling. who we're inviting <laughs> over. Yeah. So yeah. as y'all know, uh, the premise of this show is to really talk about um, about passions, like our, our people's side passions, what they do, whether it's it's just a passion to have, whether they monetize it, but just talking about what it's like to have that, how that took shape, you know, the history of, of people's journeys and discovering their passions and all things to do with hustling sideways, hence <laughs> the title. Um, so today we're going to interview, I'm going to interview you. I like it. Yeah, I like by, it. by I, I mean we. This is a community of listeners that we're going to interview. We took all your questions before. No, I'm kidding. I wrote down <laughs> some questions. And I'm just pumped to talk to Alan. So, um, Alan, let's start off with what what is your side of passion? What is what is your what 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 do you do? What what is your passion? Okay, so I run and operate a music website. It's a daily music website based out of Milwaukee called Breaking and Entering. Um, what we do is we are a media outlet that focuses on independent artists. Specifically, we kind of have a, a hyper focus on the Milwaukee music scene, uh, but we cover independent music from literally all over the world. Um, and we're, we're a daily music website. So you can find us, you know, new content from us every single day. Uh, just tons of, you know, coverage of music that is not on the radio, basically. That's awesome. I think it's so cool how, I mean, it's spread all over the world. So like, just walk us through, you know, how, how this started, you know, how did you discover that? Like, this was a thing that you were really interested in and, and maybe the steps that you started taking to, to make it a reality. I mean, anybody can have this in their head, Yeah. but, but you know, when, when you first sort of, you know, realize, okay, I really like this. And then when you kind of pivoted to, I'm going to do something about liking it. Yeah. Um, so I started, my story kind of starts a little bit before high school, even, mm-hmm. um, I was producing music and, uh, long story short, I was making beats for, for a cousin that rapped and, uh, that ended up not panning out. This is the MySpace days. So I ended up shopping beats around to, to different music artists that, you know, networking through MySpace kind of thing. This is so long ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy and, macro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, that is really the genesis of everything mm-hmm. though, was it came from making music. And that's when I realized like, okay, there's a lot of artists in Milwaukee that are making music. Not only, I mean that, you know, my interest was always kind of in rock music and Mm -hmm. and punk music because that's what I grew up. I was a skateboarder kid, but I could also make beats and also, you know, um, sell those to rappers and stuff like that. So I was doing that. And in doing that, realized that there's a a huge music scene in Milwaukee at the time. And that I was only finding out about it through, through MySpace. I was finding (laughs) it out through, you know, social media. I was not finding it out through you know the paper or wherever and it was all specific to milwaukee right yeah like this whole, that was whole, generally was right there okay. yeah generally my my goal was to kind of keep milwaukee musicians involved with it um fast forward through high school i'm still doing the music thing going into marquette actually um a buddy of mine steve frymark and i were going to we had an inside joke we were going to start a radio show and it was going to be a student radio show at marquette and we actually said, okay, we're not going to be good enough to do that. So we're going to do a podcast. Who would have known? Well, that is a dot connected. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so that was like, let's say that was 2009. Yes. So podcasting was not what it is now. Yeah. Really like at all. Right? We yeah, would have wow. been way on top of the game had yeah. we kept with that. So Trailblazers. We, <laughs> we were going to make a few and we said we were going to do it out of our friend's dorm room because mm-hmm. we lived off campus. And so the name originates because a friend of ours said, well, you'll have to call it Breaking and Entering because that's the only way that we would let you into our dorm to make the show. I had no idea that that's how it's, that's really funny. So I said, <laughs> all right, cool. That's what we'll call it. And uh, we never actually ended up making shows out of their dorm room, but uh, 
we did still do a few episodes, became a student radio show. Um, things pa- happened where, you know, he was a psychology major. I was a communications major. He had a much busier time on campus, so we ended up not doing anything. But we had a website. And so I said, all right, cool. We're going to, um, you know, I've got this website. He was kind of out of it, and I was just me in a domain. Mm-hmm. And so I said, all right, well, this was the blog era of music at that oh, point. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that, you know, you found that's really where you found music was going through blogs, especially in hip hop. Um, and there wasn't like a rhyme or reason to that, right? Like you just kind of like, it just kind of became it was like there. Yeah. It just kind of became the, the way to discover music because there was no, you know, Spotify was mm-hmm. in its very infancy when I was in college. Um, and streaming services was a kind of a foreign concept still. Um, everybody was just downloading things from iTunes and paying right. 99 cents a song. And this was after LimeWire days. Yes. Well, I mean, LimeWire was Kinda. still active. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so blogs though, were where you discovered music. So I had a domain name and I said, all right, let's make this into a music website. And that's kind of really how everything got into like the final form of what it was. I mean, I skipped a bunch of stuff in there. Like we, we were going to make t-shirts. We were going to make, you know, like all this stuff in between, but um, really landed on a final kind of decision of being like, all right, it's going to be a, it's going to be a blog for music. And then now has become a full fledged kind of media outlet. Yeah. So like, what, where do you get, you know, when, when, when you're blogging, um, is it, is it about like, so like originally, let's say, was it like just, Oh, here's the local scene of music. Here's like, who's playing Friday night at this point, you know, what, what were sort of like the, like original kind of topics that you'd kind of started writing about? Yeah. So the earliest stuff was about just bands that, you know, I, I had already found that I was, I was the person on Facebook that was, you know, sharing music videos or sharing whatever with no real rhyme or reason. And I said, well, if I'm going to do that online, I mean, might as well have a destination to, to have it Mm -hmm. all in one spot. Um, so I was already sharing music videos and all that stuff, but I was, so it became kind of what I would have posted on Facebook or what I would have posted on whatever social media at the time. I just put it in one centralized location. So I knew it was going to be about like bands that, you know, people hadn't heard about. I just didn't know that that was actually a thing you could do. (laughs) You know, I was just kind of like, here's this cool little chunk of the internet that I wanted Hopefully people yeah. come see it. You almost found a niche without realizing it. Yeah, that's, that's, basically. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this brought you now. So you're, you started the website. Was it, was that freshman or sophomore year or was it none of the above? I didn't um, it really became a, a daily website. We started the website technically in 2012. We had the, do- okay, we bought so the like, domain. Yeah. It. Okay. So that would have been uh, junior, junior year. year. Yeah. 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 And, and part of selling t-shirts was we were going to like our way of getting people to buy the t-shirts was going to be to focus on a Milwaukee artist of the week. Mm -hmm. So for probably two years, that was the only thing. Every Friday was Milwaukee artist of the week and that's who it was. And hopefully people would discover the website that way. Did you have artists reaching out to you to want to be part of this or was it mostly you reaching out to them? Sometimes a lot of times was me finding them on wherever music was getting posted at the time. Um, so that's early, early SoundCloud, early Bandcamp, things that we're still using today. Right. Um, but that was kind of the genesis of, you know, finding music and writing about it was to get people to come to this website to maybe see that there were t-shirts for sale. And then I think it was really 2014. So right after we had gotten out of college that I said, well, I have this time now. Let's let's try and go a little, you know, a little bit harder with it and and make it into something. Right. So is that is 2014 when you were like I could start monetizing this or what like when 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 did that become something okay, like this is kind of working and now I can really think about making this into like an actual thing cuz I I mean obviously, you know, balancing your job and in in this yeah. on the side can be difficult, so like you know, you have to balance how much time you're pouring into it, you know, et cetera. I would say 2014 was probably the first time that I got the idea that this could become a daily like destination for people to visit music, you know, find music. And that's when I really committed to like posting things every day. As far as monetizing it, I want to say that was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then I finally said, okay, like, Hey, I could probably get some advertisers, but I don't think that that happened for a while. And then, um, 
maybe 2015, 2016 is when we first got our first advertiser. And, uh, yeah, that had to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a big deal because it was um, is a, a national speaker company. And it was wow. the biggest sponsorship check that I had seen. for, And they yeah. sponsored a year's worth of content. Whoa. Yeah, it was a wow. – I can say it now later on. It was a, a $5,000 deal for the year. That's amazing. And uh, I, you know, I had just moved into an apartment with my, my girlfriend, now wife, and, like, to be like, hey, I can, I can write myself checks, you know, was kind of crazy. Um, I think it wasn't until – it didn't really form – I didn't form an official LLC till like, 2015, I want to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, it was uh, – the idea of making money doing this was always something that seemed like the lofty goal, right. but then I didn't really know how to like chip away at it and mm-hmm. do it. You know, mm-hmm. when did you realize that you wanted to go beyond Milwaukee? I mean, I know that's like, so like ingrained in your roots and, um, you know, but like, well, well you know, when did, when did you start being like, okay, well there's more stuff going on all across the nation and then all across the world in terms, in terms of these bands. Yeah. Like, um, I think that it really, sort of happened as part of the the natural feeling out process of where does this go from here mm-hmm. so we were doing milwaukee artist of the week and that was big well big ish for us it was doing traffic which is good um and i was like okay well am i gonna just stick with being a milwaukee outlet or is it gonna kind of expand from here like what and the logical next step was well maybe i can make it the midwest or i can make it wherever and then i was like this is the internet. Everybody in the world could find us. Mm-hmm. So why not try and just cover as much music from all over the world as, as we could, you know, and always kept Milwaukee as a focal point because I felt like, you know, if there's a, a breaking and entering site in Milwaukee, there's no reason that we couldn't pop another one up in, you know, wherever else in the world. But, um, it just ended up kind of being more process of experimentation Yeah, that I was like, well, here's something that might work and mm-hmm. let's see if we can attract some attention from outside of the city too. That's cool. Like has, has the, has the music scene changed at all? Like, I mean, I know it's been, you know, gosh, you know, 12, 13 years and, and even more that you've done this. Like, I, and I know how, all the technology has adapted in terms of where they're putting you know, obviously MySpace and all this kind of stuff has changed, <laughs> yes. you know, right? But, like, have you seen, like, the actual music landscape evolve and adapt in the same way that what they're using and how they're presenting themselves change? Yes, very much so. Um, when I really first started paying attention to local music and just producing it, I mean, studio time was still a thing you had to get. You know, I could make beats from wherever at home on my, like, like cheap little program, but I couldn't necessarily like, you know, I didn't know what mixing and mastering was and to get it out to like a recording studio and to people. Now anybody, you know, there's kids that are making music from home, putting it out themselves. They're going on YouTube and learning how to mix and master, which was not a thought. That's huge. You know, that has you, the, the, the advent of YouTube has to be such like, you can literally learn anything. Yeah. yeah. And, that's... and it's crazy to think that that stuff is, you know, only a little over a decade old, mm-hmm. but it was such a different way of getting music out. And even the concept of like, like I remember first getting Spotify and, uh, and I was, I was killing time in between classes in college and I was listening to something and I was like, am I stealing this album <laughs> by like, playing it for free on you know How what i does mean this work yeah. yeah i was like my itunes library is here but i'm playing this music is this am i paying for this am i do i know <laughs> what i'm i was completely clueless to it like it was like such a foreign concept so like and now with everything that there is to distribute music now where you know that whole process has changed whole industries have you know kind of popped up a- around making and distributing music from home so there isn't as much reliance on what we do as a media outlet to get discovered, but that's where we again adapt and yeah. you know, go where the people go. Cause that's, know? that has to be like the, the usage of what you do mm-hmm. has had to evolve too. Right. Like, yeah. like compared to what you were doing in, you know, 2009 and like what you even had in mind, like it's just, it's just, and, and that's not even that long, you know, like that's not even that right. long ago that like even, even, even the way that your, you know, your uh, platform is utilized has to, you know, completely evolve. Yeah. And it, it kind of, feels crazy to think about all the different like steps and things that changed along the way. But when we started, we were, you know, just embedding music players from all over the internet, which we still are doing, 
but there was no idea of like, okay, well, everything that we post, I remember it being a big deal that every post had to have like a picture with it <laughs> in order to like show up right on the site. And now I think about, well, God, we have, you know, five to seven posts a day of music. Everything's got, you know, pictures and everything's got to have keywords mm-hmm. for social, for Google and SEO and those kinds of things. Everything gets shared out to social media, all three or four different social medias. Like everything is, is, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then we're still looking at where we take things next. From right. There, you know? So like, what do you think that is? Um, honestly, so we just have started playing with the idea of doing, you know, we, we do a podcast now, uh, which again was not a thing when we really started was not as popular. (laughs) Um, and we do that. Uh, we do like a radio show, like it's an online radio show that's distributed through like 40 online channels Mm -hmm. all over the world too. Um, which online radio was never a thing that we we did. Mm-hmm. It was just an experiment that stuck with us. Uh, we're doing a lot of streaming on Twitch now, uh, which again was only for video games when it first came out. Yeah. And now since the pandemic hit really has kind of evolved into like a place that you can put more video and things like that. So it really just kind of becomes what is going to be the next thing to, to kind of pop in terms of where people put their attention to and we have to figure out how would we make music content around yeah. that and then still draw eyes back to our site as well. Right. And I, you know, having an adaptable format for all that is, 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 you know, critical. I, yeah. I think. And it, it sounds like you guys have that, um, which I think is so wild. So like, so, you know, now at this moment with it, you know, with 2020 having just passed, you know, do you think like with, you know, with it being obviously no, you know, no live shows and, and, uh, it just being a different year. Did you, did you see that like the things slow down for you or, or what did, what did you really focus on last year when you, when you had probably some things taken away in terms of actual content? Yeah. Um, so we really, and that actually is where we saw some of our biggest success. That's where things really first kind of took off. Uh, as a, as a promotional thing, we were booking shows, you know, with a couple bands at a bar in Bayview and we would do that once a month. And that's really when traffic on the website and like awareness of breaking and entering started to pick up is when we started doing those. Um, so that's a big core part of it ended up becoming a big part of the business that just completely disappeared. Hmm. Um, that's where we had to kind of make the shift into doing more, you know, like the streaming stuff that we're doing now. And, you know, even actually these mics that we're talking into, um, we were going to send uh, one of our reporters, Ben Slowey, one of our writers, we were going to send him down to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Right, right. And he had gotten cleared. He had gotten a media pass to, uh, to go cover it, which was a huge deal. Um, so we gave him a little bit of money to go down there. Obviously everything got canceled. He sent the money back. So we bought mics and started making a podcast and <laughs> making you, a radio show. <laughs> yeah. So had he known, um, yeah. you know, like things like that, it just kind of, it, it forced my hand to be a little bit more creative but then it also opened the door to things that we probably could have been doing beforehand. Mm-hmm. We just had no idea that we had the capability to do some of this stuff. Makes sense. You yeah. Know? And it's so, I mean, like, and I know, you know, I know I'll talk more in our next episode, but like, I mean, I was, you know, you know, same as you challenged in, in so many ways to continue doing what I really liked to do, you know, and, and yeah. I, I had to figure out how I was going to go under a different platform and, you know, not be in the same room as, as students. It was just, it was just like, so, it was so crazy. And I'm still, I mean, you know, I've done a lot of them, but I'm still like, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Back, you know, and I know, I know I'm, you know, preaching the choir. I can't wait till those live shows either. It's oh, just, of course. A, it's just a whole different dynamic, you know, but I think finding ways to still connect with people who are, who are interested in what you all do and, uh, interested in the movie, in the movie, in the music scene. Also yeah. maybe movies too. Who knows? But, <laughs> movies uh, too. Yeah. Um, is, is really important. Um, yeah, I think it forced, uh, people to, I think if they're not saying that there's necessarily anything that really positive happened out of the pandemic, but I think if there is anything, it kind of kicked people to go forward into the next 
mm-hmm. like step of you know. See, I think there are really things. positive things that happened in the pandemic. I, 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 I like. I think there's more silver linings than we give it credit for. Sometimes, yeah, like, I think it did push people to be more technology. Yeah. Focus and, and organizations specifically too, like yeah. ones that didn't want to do that or like, well, now we have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you think of things like we've always had Skype for right. so long, right? And, and like then Zoom and everything. yeah, exactly. We always had Skype, mm-hmm. and, but we never really. I never really used it. I know some people probably did, but it always seemed like a foreign yeah. thing. Now Same with every <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now everybody's got a. Everybody has to use Zoom. Everybody has to use you know video conferencing. Um, I mean, in how many days you see videos that come out? Even today, there was like a video of a, a dude who like was on a Zoom call as a lawyer, and he was a cat on accident, and then couldn't get out of it, and he was trying oh, to get a he had a filter on. It was, yeah, so like oh it's just God. like people are still like we're still finding way, but it's funny now, you know. Yeah, like, your kids, it, your kids should be crawling around in the background. <laughs> like that's we want to see your life, right? And I, it's you know, more acceptable now yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, and it it's more acceptable to do things remotely like that too. Yes. Um, so it forced people to use the technology that they had, mm-hmm. but they never knew how to use. Exactly. And so I think that's what kind of actually the biggest change for breaking and entering was, was it forced us to say, well, how do we stay relevant? How mm-hmm. do we stay, you know, in front of people's faces? Because now everybody's going to be at home sitting on their phone or watching TV or doing whatever. We can't go out there and hand out stickers. Exactly. We can't go out there you and reach them now, you yeah. know, and, and, Getting a brand off the ground is very much about getting your face and getting mm-hmm. your your logo. Yeah, it's everywhere. very present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and I know you know we just talked about like adapting to to technologies and in like you know this year picking up maybe some things that you didn't you know had to kind of learn on the fly. Talk yeah. about some of the things that you've picked up that you didn't have before. You know, skills and in, in talents and maybe even interests that are deeper than the passion that you've you've picked up along this journey of of really building a brand organically from the ground up yeah um actually the thing that i've noticed is the things that i were doing for my day job all sort of get absorbed into breaking and entering Hmm. so for um for a while i was working you know we were working in a life insurance place Mm -hmm. together and then I started picking up the marketing end of things, the digital marketing sure. things there. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I was writing blogs there, but I was already writing for Breaking and Entering by that point. <laughs> um, but I was doing some of their social media stuff and I learned how to kind of do, you know, social media advertising from that sort of thing. Um, I went to school for production and I was doing production uh, like for, for Marquette mm-hmm. um, as like, basically a client productions thing where they were filming videos and for people I was doing sets for um, Madison TV and they would actually do like the remote thing as part of (laughs) like, it was like a side, it was a job at Marquette. Um, So I was making money doing that. Um, And so I picked up, you know, production elements from that. And then when I started, you know, really working more in, in marketing and social media and things like that, like it all kind of absorbed like my test, my guinea pig was always breaking and entering. So yeah. I would always try, you know, the new stuff beforehand would be how can I make it into a music thing? And if it worked, then I'd go apply that to my real job. I like that. So, you well, know, it's almost like it's coming from. Two, so you're like like whereas the passion you're following is is helping your your job life. Right. But also right. the job that you're doing you're naturally more interested in the stuff that you've been doing as your passion. So it kind of leads to what your career is too. I mean, I think that's like, yeah. two very, like those two almost move together. And and it's funny you say that because now I'm thinking about like, as you were just explaining some of the stuff you did in your old jobs, like my, my old job at, at, you know, at the life insurance company, I, I spoke all the time to yep. like our members. And that's literally, you know, like I didn't even like realize that like of course that's where i ended up because like i like doing that right my passion was pushing me towards okay well i want to get i want like i know i'm good at this yeah i want to get more involved in 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 self-facto that improved on my ability to speak yeah and i i mean i was going to school for video production but now everything is so video focused Mm -hmm. that i said okay well let's just take everything i learned how to (laughs) do and you know and and apply it to this site but it really was like the the social media aspect of things, the marketing aspect of things. It was just all absorbed from, you know, my day job. Mm-hmm. And I would see what, you know, what they were doing. Like I learned about advertising. I learned about, yeah. you know, all yeah. sorts of different um, things that were related to my my actual day job 
that I could apply to my side business so and vice versa. It was complimentary rather than distracting. Yes. Is what it sounds like, which Definitely. is important. And I think that's a big, I think that's actually important for everyone who's kind of thinking like it's, it, I, to me it's difficult. And, and I've had this argument with people um, that like, if you have a side passion or a side gig, like either go all in or don't do it at all. And I, I disagree with that because I think I think that they should complement each other. And I think that it actually motivates me more. Like I, I, I like my day job and I want right. to keep that. I also like my side passion and doing them both. Like not only am I really busy, which I know you are too, yeah. but like I get motivated in different ways from both the things. And, and I like that. Like, and that's kind of how I'm wired. And I, I think if you can find, you know, the, the job that actually complements what you want to be doing for your passion and have them work in conjunction with each other. Right. That's a really good mix. It's not always possible, but it, it, it can work if you you know work to make it that way. Yeah. And I, I have heard a similar argument too. And I, I agree with you. I think that it isn't something that you necessarily, you can do it. You can commit to it and, and have that fight or flight kind of kick in and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to hack it for six months. But then if it doesn't work, like now you're stuck. Right. You right. know, and, and, and granted, so like totally not to discourage people from like doing your passion full time. If that's right. what you're calling is do it. But if you're like, Ooh, eh, eh, you know, like that, that's still okay. Do, like do them both. Right. And, and, yeah. and it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. And it, I don't, there's nothing, there's no sort of like failure. If you were to be like, well, I haven't grown, you know, grown it. To, like maybe it's a side thing. Like, yeah, it's a passion. It makes you happy. Anyway, I want to cut you off. But, no. Um, I think that I am of the belief that, it is not about jumping in necessarily unless you really feel like, okay, this is the moment I got to strike now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're that personality, fine, go ahead, do that. But for me, I am always more interested in the long game of it, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. So like I, I worked at a bank for seven years. I told myself I was going to be there for three <laughs> and, uh, in things, dog, dog years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, it just kind of happened where I mm-hmm. stayed there longer but I think that I worked harder knowing that my goal in my head was going to be to not have to work there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, obviously some things changed, some opportunities came along. I write about music full time, just not for myself, you right. know? <laughs> so, um, so I, I am in a position now where I kind of am doing what I, I wanted to do full time. Uh, but I had no idea that I was doing it, you right. know, like uh, totally, I had yeah. no idea yeah. that this was going to be very similar to what I'm, mm-hmm. you know, now basically my day job and my side job are pretty much the same, but it's just not, I'm not so working for me full time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what's going to be like, so we're going to have guests in the show. Yeah. And I think some of our guests are going to like, think like they're going to disagree, you know, which I'm so fascinated by of like, like kind of how they've approached and like either they're all in on that thing that was their side and it kind of became and like to hear that journey. And it is different for everyone. Right. And if like, yeah. depends on your personality and if that's who you want to do. But I, I think like there's no pressure to go, you know, like either way, it's like whatever yeah. works for you. And, and um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I think especially now, you know, I mean, obviously we are in the situation where a lot of people are still working from home, but, mm-hmm. and they have time where they can kind of do both things at once. But that's the biggest commitment is, is, you know, finding ways to make time to do your side thing. Um, for me, it's a lot of, you know, there was a, a long time where there's a lot of nights and a lot of weekends and, Granted, I was, you know, working with entertainment, so I was working with concerts and things that happened outside of the traditional nine to five already, but it was a lot of late nights, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to get content ready for the next day, you know, um, or finding time to, to have interviews and make interviews happen or using, you know, every half day that I could at at my day job. You got to utilize every minute to make, to make (laughs) interviews and meetings and calls and things like that work. But I don't see I don't see a problem with chipping away and, you know, making little strides to uh, to get to things, because I think that that's how I operate, too, Mm -hmm. is when little things are successful. I take that and I motivate myself with it. Absolutely. So the littlest thing of like we were just talking about doing Twitch streaming Mm -hmm. and things like that, like. We have a show that we do now and the first, you know, we do it on Twitch and it's simulcast onto like YouTube and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I was able to do that, I was so excited. I was like, we got done. I was like, I'm ready to do the next one. <laughs> you know, like little, little wins like that. That's I think victory. almost are, yeah. um, are just like things that work and success are successful. 
those things are like the things that push me is when I have yeah. a little, little win. I agree. And I think like, and like the next step of that too, is like, I find myself sometimes comparing what I'm doing with like the people around me. It's like, well, they're already doing this. It's like, it's the only person you should be comparing yourself is, is who you were yesterday. Yeah. You know, like, and if you've made strides since then, that's great. Cause it's so easy to get caught in this rabbit hole of like, well, this blog, you know, has a hundred thousand followers. And oh yeah. has 50, right? Like, so it's just, yeah. And that, that can really mess your head and then discourage you from keeping going. And it's like, you have to realize that that's, that's their story. Like you're still running yours. Yeah. And I, I still don't get me wrong. I still, I was in that mode for a long time mm-hmm. and, and looking purely at numbers, purely at, you know, followers, people that did it faster, whatever. Um, but I don't think that I necessarily am. I don't think I'm fully out of it. Sometimes I do think, you know, still think that same thing, but, now I've just kind of been like, it's going to happen when it happens, mm-hmm. you know, like it, I mean, I'm pretty proud of what I've done in the God seven. Now it's going to be years of, of, of writing every day, basically, you know, Monday through Friday. That's pretty amazing. Um, we've accomplished a lot. We've covered major music festivals mm-hmm. like, as credentialed press and things like that. Like, so, you know, I, I'm like, okay, you know, even if this all burns down tomorrow and we never do anything more with it, like we can still say like we got to this point. Yeah. Yeah, Done did good. So what, when was, when was like the moment for you, like whether it was getting, you know, that check or, or, or or a series of things or like this was small victory that that, that you were like, like, I, I I think this is it. Like, I think this is really going to work. I think the first one of those like little victories that we were talking about was, um, 2014 i got a press pass to cover Summerfest in milwaukee nice. yeah. uh, which is the biggest music festival here um and i really didn't even know you know what it all entailed i i knew it was you know i could get in for free and i i could write content but i didn't know you know honestly if you if you get a press pass you're expected to write you know some content but it's not like Summerfest. like the festivals don't look at you and say you know slap you on the wrist if you don't write anything <laughs> right um you could come up with one piece of content and call it a day mm-hmm. but uh it's it's still a selective process to determine who you know you have to look legit to to get that and so we filled out i filled out an application and i got a press pass and i kind of was like in awe when i got the email that like Can't this is real this. Yeah. yeah yeah and so that's when i think it really kind of for me was like this is a real thing. And you know, that ballooned to the point of like, we've covered Summerfest every year since then. Uh, we covered Lollapalooza in mm-hmm. Chicago mm-hmm. as official press for a few years. Like we still have a good relationship with that where like riot fest in Chicago, like Lollapalooza was another one that was like, Oh my God, That's because like, yeah, you know, Summerfest is big for our market, mm-hmm. but Chicago, some or Lollapalooza is big. Like that's like known internationally. Is it, <laughs> I was isn't like, Summerfest the biggest one in the world? Though? They're considered the world's largest music festival, but in terms of like, like overall impact, I okay. think musically, Lollapalooza is like I one of have, the big ones. I have a disdain for Lollapalooza, and the reason why you grew up in Chicago. Well, yes. I did, but <laughs> but I always see that bird's eye view picture of it, like yeah. with you know a thousand, and I'm just it's a hundred thousand people. All every I can think about is like if I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I would lose literally all my friends. And that's like a fear I have of music festivals is that I go to the bathroom I come back and I can't find anyone. Like it's, I, I, I've actually had like legit nightmares about this. It's terrifying. No, <laughs> yeah. it's huge. So I look um, at this and I'm like, what about that? I'm like centering on one guy and I'm like, <laughs> if that guy's got a pee, he's, he's, he won't he's, find anyone. He's, well, that's yeah. Today. No. That, um, that's just, that makes me so anxious. Well, fortunately <laughs> the bathroom situation is all right. And, okay. and for the media, Thankfully. they have a, a nice little tent, but, um, that was another one that was like, you know, it kind of, we didn't get that until I think 2018 was the mm-hmm. first year. Um, but that was another one that was kind of reaffirming, like, this is something real when you were like able to walk past, like not even the the artists that were there and some of the biggest artists in the world are there, but to see like, like in the media area, like Rolling Stone and Spin and wow. Spotify and, you know, for some reason, like Major s- League Baseball. Oh, MLB TV has sure. like a like they all have their own like tents for their people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, and little old me is here. You here know, I like am. that's really cool. Like yeah. I you didn't almost get a, like you don't belong, right? It's oh, like, exactly. I'm not supposed to be here. 
Yeah, but, there's but a, then you are. You there's know? a little bit of feeling of like fake it until you make it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I like that's, you know, that's half my life. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no um, question. <laughs> but it was wild to see all these like big press outlets, and of mm-hmm. course there are smaller things. But I was like, okay, somebody, somebody else believes in what <laughs> I'm doing, and they think this isn't just some kid with a website, which was great, you that's know. Awesome. And now we're at a point where we have you know a following, we have a brand, like. Now I I don't think we would have trouble getting some of those things, but yeah. you know every time something new comes along like that, that's when you kind of retell yourself like, yeah, you know this is this is real. You made this like this started in my room at my parents' house was yeah. when I first started Absolutely. writing blog posts. So you what know? you mentioned your brand? What what is the breaking and entering brand? Like what 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 which what does it signify, or how how do you hope people see you know the, the the brand as? What I think we do better than everybody else is that, uh, and that's really what our brand kind of for me is. Yeah, is we cover independent music, but not just you know the people that are independent, but they're making like appearances at big festivals and things like that. Like we cover everything from like the festival level down to like literally some kid in his basement that made something amazing. That's cool. You know, and and because we were, that was our site. Mm -hmm. We were somebody in, in our parents' house in their bedroom writing blog posts. And now still are arguably. Right. (laughs) Now we're in a different bedroom. Yes. Um, Yeah. But it went from like, yeah, we cover everything from the, the major indie artists down Mm -hmm. to like, you know, somebody in his basement that is just making something that he hopes people hear. Yeah. And we, we do a really good job, I think of covering the gamut of music, uh, especially here in Milwaukee. Like we, we know, you know, we, I think we know more artists than many of the other major media outlets Mm -hmm. here. That's really cool. That's a big deal. Yeah. So have you, and I'm assuming you have, have you met like fans of your site? Like how how is that to like meet someone so, who like showed up and was like I'm a fan of Breaking and Entering? <laughs> I have. Yes. It is weird. <laughs> uh, it's a very weird feeling when somebody knows you and they don't like and you don't know them. Right. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and not and I'm not saying that this happens every time, but it does happen pretty frequently at shows that people will come up to me and they know my name or they know whatever because they see you know or they've seen me on the internet talking about music or wherever and uh um they'll come up and say hey man just want to thank you for what you're doing for milwaukee things like that which is like very endearing to hear that's awesome but then at the same time there's a very like awkward feeling of like do i know this person's name yeah well have i covered their like and there's thousands of artists here yes so have i covered their music before like do i like i feel like a jerk you know not knowing everybody's name um but it does happen like there was for sure one release show for a band um at the cooperage here in milwaukee where it was just like i knew a ton of people there like i i I walked in and i looked around and went like okay that's you know so and so that's so and so and i felt like a jerk because i was like part of me just wanted to go watch the concert <laughs> and like I was there with my friends. I just wanted to hang out, but I, I kept, you know, bumping into people and saying hello and things like that. Or yeah. people come up to me and I, I was like, am I a jerk for not like wanting to, for just wanting to just watch the concert? You like, to be human and, and, yeah. and chill. I think I, I, I don't think you're a jerk. But and it's not like, <laughs> and that it sounds conceited to say like, Oh, like everybody knows us. Uh, no, I, I, but I it, it. It, yeah. it's just a weird feeling when mm-hmm. you're like, people know what you do and they appreciate it. And I'm grateful that they do. Mm-hmm. But then you're watching like people come up to you and say hello and you don't know who they are, Yeah, you yeah. know? And I've had that, you know, I've like, I've spoken to, you know, thousands of students like that's happened. And I'm like, hi, you know, I don't really know, you know, like I'm not, I'm not good. I'm so awkward when that happens. And I'm like, I, I've gotten you, better tell me more about you, you know, and I figure I have to just like take a breath and be like, it's okay to not know who this person is. Yeah. Especially when you feel like they know too much about you, you know, like when they're like, cause that, you know, you give a story, right. And, uh, you know, and they know you're writing, you know, et cetera. Right. And it's like, okay, I'll relax. What's your name? Where yeah. are you from? You know? And it's just like, you have to get back to like almost meeting, like, how do you meet a human? Like, that's yeah. how you say it, you know? And not like, oh, that's great. I don't know. You know? And like, just, just take, you know, take a breath. That's what I have to tell myself. And I've gotten better at the whole, like kind of small talk thing mm-hmm. of of saying like hey no you know real appreciative of you reading the site you know things like that 
thanks for reading it. Thanks for checking it out. Like keep that's telling good. people about that's, it, you that's know, magic. Yeah. things like that, you know, that like, I, I'm fortunate that I'm even in a position that people would totally recognize what I'm doing totally. and, and like it, you know? So I know, um, you know, just in, in terms of, of sort of, you know, this journey and, in, 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 you know, following your passion, just, you know, what, what, what have you learned about yourself? Like, have you been surprised at how resilient you've been, like how determined you've been, you know, it's something that you didn't realize you were capable of doing. Um, there's just like some, just like some things that you've really picked up along the way like that. Yeah. I think that I actually have learned a lot about my work ethic that I didn't mm-hmm. really think I knew. Um, I've also, so I got out of college and I honestly felt like I didn't know, like I had not learned anything. That's, you know what I mean? That sounds like a college. Like, grad. Yeah. um, <laughs> like I was like, I've spent all these years and I'm like, yeah. I don't really know how know to do yeah. much yeah. of anything. I felt the exact same way. Yeah. The exact same way. So I think that, you know, running, breaking and entering has been like, okay, I've figured out my strengths as far as what, you know, learning what I do well and where I need help or where I need somebody to like step in. Mm-hmm. That has been probably the biggest thing for me That's too. That's huge. Yeah. Knowing, you know, what kind of things I do well, what kind of created, you know, content I create well, knowing when like I'm a great writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty good writer, I think. And no, let's uh, stick with great. Stick with <laughs> let's great. Stick with great. Yeah. I'm a great writer, but I'm a terrible designer. I can't design mm-hmm. a logo to save my life. So, so I know when I need. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that's also something I've learned is, you know, to be self-aware mm-hmm. is something that is kind of like a cheat code. Yeah. Like, uh, I, oh gosh, I love that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's uh, if you know what you're good at and what you're not good at, and where how to fix the things that you're not good mm-hmm. at, or where you need, you know, somebody else to step in. Like you're winning. Yeah, and I think that's sure. so important because there's there's two ways to think about that. Um, particularly on things that you're not as good at. Like mm-hmm. obviously you can work on them, but you can also surround yourself with people who are good at those things. Right. And I think like you can very much play to your strengths, which is what you do. Yeah. And you have people, a team, who can do the things you're not good at. Like you're not going to be good at everything. Yeah. Like, no one is. It just yeah. doesn't exist. Maybe, well, okay, maybe someone in history has been. <laughs> but like, you, you know, work on those things. But if, if you have a team of folks who can do it like that's a jackpot you yeah know? And, and and that's i which i think is great you know you just mentioned that like I, that's i think a lot of people are always like well i need to get better and better at this and it's like maybe just focus on what you're awesome at because there are those things right and then build that with with the people who compliment you and i think that's how you create just a you know that's how you create a brand you yeah know? And, and and what you can really sell to people is we have it all covered right you know? and, and we we trust each other and um, yeah, I think that's, that's so, that's so true. And I love, um, uh, the, the, the cheat code comment. I think that's like perfect. Like being, yeah. being self-aware is like a cheat code. It's so true. You yeah, can get ahead I, I so think, much by doing that. I think that's why a lot of people aren't successful is mm-hmm. when they, you know, they think that, they, well, I'll just figure it out. I'll mm-hmm. just do it, you know? And there is a good portion of just figuring it out. That's, I can tell you from, you know, years and years of doing it, just figuring it out is it, get, it can get you so far. But when you know, like, okay, this is something that just notoriously, for whatever reason, I'm not good at X, Y, Z. When you can figure that out and say, okay, why am I not good at it? Why, you know, what is the thing that I don't like about doing this? Why is that? When you're self-aware, like that is, that's everything. It helps so much. Yeah. Being successful. And then there's like, you know, you have limited time. So it's, it's like really like, let's dive in on what you're good at. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and don't spend you know hours and hours and hours trying to fix this thing that maybe like maybe find find a teammate that that is and, and yeah, watch how find you come a freelancer together and make it work. that yeah. can do it for five right. minutes that's the and, beauty of having a passion with no rules right like there's there's no there's no manual or playbook for that like yeah. you do what works for you but um yeah i think people are just like sometimes so set on trying to fix you know something that maybe they can't control yeah and, and it's like well you, what you can control is get someone that you know that can that can help. Yeah, like, you know the the best leaders ask for help. And I think that's, yes. that's important when it you know when it comes down to it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that people, like we said, are you know most successful when they know where their strengths are. Um, but knowing the weaknesses is is just as important. It's huge. And being able to admit that you have weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. and then not something. not seeing them as a you know this fa- like they're a fallacy. You know they're 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 just a part of you. And that's yeah. okay. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, everyone has them. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Everyone exactly. ha- and you know, but see them as actual. 
parts of your full package rather than like these glaring scars, you know, like there's, right. that's, that's not how, you know, you're human. You know, that's, right. That's how it goes. And I think in music, you know, it's much harder to, for people to admit that, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily like in, in, you know, my end of things covering music, but in the actual process of creating music, people mm-hmm. always just say, well, I just need to practice and get better at whatever. <laughs> and they apply that to their business sense too. And it's not necessarily the, like, the, the best decision right. you know right yeah. you have to work with a team um to really kind of be successful but for anybody that is you know trying to start their own thing once you can take the step back take the ego out of it a little mm-hmm. bit i think that is when you you kind of hit your stride a little bit totally lego you, le, lego my ego right yeah that's, yeah that's it exactly. i just made that up it worked really well i uh, like it so <laughs> I know we're we're kind of coming to a close here, uh, right, you know, shortly. But um, what 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 advice would you give if if I'm someone who you know is thinking about following their passion and and you know perhaps you know maybe I want to monetize it someday, but but just generally like nervous about like what will this lead to? Like I have a job, you know. Yeah. But what if if I if I'm like I'm not really sure if this is like should I should I go all in? Should I do you know how how would you talk to someone like that? I would say the biggest piece of advice, and I actually gave this advice uh, doing a podcast for something else. I was doing a, a press run for an event that we were doing. Nice. I just borrowing said from it. your comments from a different podcast. Yeah, and I just this podcast. Well, I, I just like said it, and I <laughs> realized once I said it, I was like, "That's it." Um, I have never necessarily been about the short term money, mm-hmm. so I, I think that. Um, obviously I've been hacking away at this for, you know, seven plus years and it's not the full-time job and that's fine. Um, I've been kind of chipping away at this for, for seven years and I don't get sick of it because I realize that it's not about making money immediately. Like the, the amount of people that actually, you know, get lucky and make money immediately Mm -hmm. on their passion project is very small, very, very small, (laughs) small percentage. Um, but I do think, you know, uh, always be mindful of where you come from, where, mm-hmm. where you've, you know, where you were when you started and look what you have now. I yeah. think when I look at that, it blows me away it's that huge, anybody that? saw that initial yeah. breaking and entering website and said, yeah, no, I could well, get behind this. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's my, my biggest piece of advice that I give people is, is the, the legacy of it and mm-hmm. the long-term plays are going to be so much more beneficial than the short-term stuff. Absolutely. Um, I will say I've been, I've been kind of like, it's this weird thing where I've been a little bit fortunate to know, like be a little bit ahead of the curve on mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. like starting a podcast in 2009, had I kept with it would have been something big. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I, I have these weird moments where I'm like, we tried to do a thing called B and E TV for a little bit. That was going to be like footage from our concerts that we did. And we were going to have like music videos playing all day. <laughs> and like, I was like, yeah, it's like gonna be like a TV channel online, but not, you know, it would be just like a run, <laughs> like a constant running thing. Yeah. And it didn't really work out. And then now like Twitch is a thing where yeah, like you course. can broadcast live yeah. streaming content yeah. all day and things like that. So like that's always kind of been in my back pocket is like I have an eye for what is next mm-hmm. um, or what is emerging yeah. and just that's been important. ahead of the curve on some of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. realize when you're in those moments where you're like, okay, what can I do today? Mm-hmm. That is going to be the thing, you know, that is going to help me down the line. Yeah. You know? Um, and the other thing is just to be, I'm going to, I'm going to steal this from you to be authentic though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I agreed. Yeah. You know, like, I know that's a big part of what you you talk about, but like if you create a brand that is about getting the the quick money from something and I I deal with this, especially I've dealt with this with artists a lot that have been like, we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to make this money in this first year. We're going to use that to do whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then one piece of the the plan doesn't come together and it falls apart. Yeah. 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 so not being about the quick money has always led me to have a more authentic brand Mm -hmm. because you know, we don't go out and ask, like we sell shirts, we sell, you know, we sell sponsorships, things like that. Like we, we obviously still need to live and die on income, 
but we've never been pushy about like go buy us, you know, go buy our shirts, well, go buy our whatever. I think, I think you're driven by your passion rather than your pocketbook. Yeah, you know, so that's a phrase I've heard yes. before, and I think that that's important. And um, and one thing like personally that I'm like I I I, I never got into what I did to like. I didn't think I would make any money from it. Yeah. Um, it just worked out that way. And like that, that's great. But like, you know, there's, it's, it's like, I think what's important is, you know, if someone has a passion and like, maybe it doesn't turn into making money, that's still follow it. Like yeah, it's, I mean, if it makes yeah. you happy is what you should do. You know, yes. and like, cause I, I think like that's, that's important, you know, point. like it's like this, this whole thing, you know, of course us like, us doing this is not all about like, this is how someone made money. Like, obviously like if that comes away from it, that's fantastic. Yeah. You should always follow the thing that makes you happy. And, and, yeah. and whether it's full time or part time or an hour a week, whatever that is. Uh, I loved everything you just said. And I just want to like compliment that with, you know, like if you, if you do great things off of this and you end up, you know, supporting yourself, fantastic. If you end up making a dollar, fantastic you know yeah, like, like I mean, as long as you're happy doing it that's what counts yeah hobbies can still exist and they do is that very much <laughs> like, i have some bad hobbies i bite my nails sometimes and i don't make any money off of that but right you know, that's fine yeah but i think yeah, I think, yeah. I, you know that's like just like an important concept that you know people are you know you can have have your passion and, and if uh you know if if you don't care about any sort of monetizing then that's great like right. don't do it you know it's okay right so i think i think both you know both both, both are acceptable yeah absolutely absolutely so I think uh, that's you know that's kind of that's great that's me in a nutshell that's awesome <laughs> I love it I think that's a really just that journey and what it's led you to and now how you're gonna grow from here um, is awesome and, and you know and I'm I'm excited to watch it happen and uh, I think it's a great first look at really how people can take their passion and bring it from like an idea to actually trying it you know like right. just start start somewhere. You know, right. If you're gonna do anything, just start and then watching it progress, adapt and, and grow and be successful. I think is, is awesome. So um thank you for sharing, Alan. You seem like a good time. We should we should, <laughs> should be friends and you know, We should we should like actually out. know each other and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you guys, and then thank you to everybody for listening to the Hustling Sideways podcast. Uh do us a favor, make sure that you share the show if you uh, uh if you take anything away from this and uh you know, follow our show. Hit us up. Let us know. <laughs> give us give us some comments. Tell us you hated it. No, I'm kidding. No, don't I, do that. Don't, don't tell do us that. that. Yeah. Give us five stars. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. And maybe we'll get our number up even higher. <laughs> that I think that works. I think that's how this that's works. That's the math. We're new to this. It's only the second <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. So in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back with another one of these very soon. And we will talk about uh, Jim Love on this next oh. one. That's a spoiler. Can't that's, miss. Yeah. Gave it away. But so. here we are. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Hustling Sideways podcast. Every day I'm hustling.